This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. After the Jews sought out to stone Jesus for proclaiming himself to be the Son of God, scriptures record Christ accepting his rightful place and authority from the Father. In the perfect will of the Father, he proclaims that he was sent from the Father, and that all things done through the Son were from the Father. If you've been influenced by the ministry of William Branham, and you've been trained to believe this version of Jesus that Branham portrayed in many of his sermons, this is the place where your questions begin to form. Could a messenger from God teach any other Christ than what we find in this passage of Scripture? Taking one verse from the Scripture and twisting it out of context, demoting the Son of God to a prophet with limited power, Branham's version of Christ was one that did not have the authority even to heal. Verse 19 says, So Jesus said unto them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. When we read this, and without reading the rest of the chapter, it would seem that Branham is correct. It would seem that all Christians serve a God with limited power and a Christ that was more mortal than he was deity, fully separated from the Godhead. Many times throughout his ministry, William Branham added one word to Scripture, and that one word was enough to change the entire meaning of the chapter. He added the word vision. 1956, for example, Branham said, St. John 5.19, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Is that what he said? I can do nothing till the Father shows me a vision first what to do. Again, 1961, Jesus never performed one miracle in his life. This is Branham speaking, not me. Jesus never performed one miracle without first the God, God the Father showing him a vision to do it. 
or he told something wrong in the Bible, for he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. It's 1961, William Branham. If you search Branham's entire ministry for that phrase, The Son can do nothing. You'll find several references to Branham's version of Christ. And each time, Christ is separated from the Father, a mortal that must see a vision. But the, the Bible's version of Christ is fully God, fully man. There is no separation from the Father, and no vision is required for the Son to predict futures. Christ is given full authority, even to raise the dead. As you examine this, here are some key passages from John chapter 5. Verse 21, for instance. For the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. Verse 22 through 23. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Notice verse 24. Arguably, anyone denying the supreme deity of Christ is denying this verse. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Verse 25 through 27. Truly, truly, I say unto you, an hour is coming and is here now, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and all those who hear will live. For the Father has life in himself, so also he's granted the Son to also have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Verse 28, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Christ, fully matching the Father's will, stated that the things that he did bore witness of the Father. He was the fulfillment of all Scripture, and all things that he did here on earth confirmed the word. But he also told us that the Father bore witness of him, in verse 37, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. If you are in the following of William Branham, and you have been taught a prophet God that must see a vision before knowing all things, examine the scriptures. You'll find that the Jesus is much more than this God-man that's limited in power. The fullness of God dwelt within him. Christ and the Father are one. Branham falsely taught that Trinitarians believe in three gods. He taught that the Trinitarian was the mark of the beast, all while convincing the people that God was split in two. And one half of God could only access the other through a vision. But Christians stand on this truth. There is a Father. There is a Son. There is a Holy Spirit. And these three are one. 1 John 5, 7 in this chapter says, For there are three that bear witness record in heaven, 
the Father, the Word, which is Christ, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Thank you.